relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Impressive. Most impressive. See things you people wouldn't believe. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. And lift a spade of snow. One of the most endearing moments in a wonderful movie, A White Christmas, Danny Kay and Bing Crosby. For us until the 6th of January, because we're good Christian lads here, it remains the Christmas season, so we'll be making movies. Great again with our buddies celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior. And to analyze and celebrate this great film, my co-host, Chris Coles. Are you still in the Christmas spirit, my friend? Well, it's not uh, a very white Christmas for me as I am in Hawaii. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. The Christmas... I sometimes I think I wish it was Christmas like all year. Yep. You know, every once in a while you're sitting there in summer and you're thinking, oh, gosh, you know, I, I need a little bit of that Christmas spirit because there is something magical about Christmas. Uh, and it's not just necessarily the religious aspect. It's not necessarily just the cultural aspect. There is something magical where people sometimes, sometimes some people in some places decide to get into the spirit of Christmas and they're just a little nicer to each other. Some people are a little bit meaner to each other, <laughs> but I think there's quite a few people. And when you meet those people and you interact with those people, you think, you know, this is what Christmas is all about, this kind of this kind of uh, positivity and this love that people share with each other. And this movie really embodies all of that. No, it totally does. It totally does. Before we uh, break down the um, this incredible story, 1954 Michael Curtiz's uh, movie, which is built around a song, White Christmas, from an earlier film. The whole film was based upon the popularity of that song and with just I, I, maybe a dozen songs from Irving Berlin, uh, the, the very, very famous uh, composer. Let's do something we failed to do last time. I got a slap on the wrist from my team here. We didn't give a score 
to It's a Wonderful Life, Chris. And I just quickly said, well, of course you don't need to give a score because it's 100 out of 10. So, Chris, yeah. uh, let's finish the business of our first Christmas movie review, It's a Wonderful Life. For a modern audience, what would you rate it out of 10... Um, what shall we get? Bells give ringing. Bells ringing, yes. 10 little bells ringing. Oh, it's got to be a 10 out of 10. I mean, this is one of the great classics. Yeah. Uh, of, it's, it's kind of a weird film, though, because it's so specific, right? It's a Christmas movie, which is not it's, – it's like a little bit apples and oranges to regular films. But at the end of the day, it's a 10 out of 10. It's one of the great classics in movie history. Confirmed. I collude with that result. And in the pantheon of great movies, we give it a 10 out of 10 as well. Okay, let's, uh, for those who aren't familiar with this movie, where have you been? Have you been living under a rock for uh, 29 years, like my uh, associate producer, Eric, who hasn't seen this movie? He must have been living under a rock. How old are you? How, how, how young are you? Uh, 29. 29. 29 years living under a rock. That is quite stunning. It is the story of a major and a private, played by Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye, who um, are just very grateful to their general in World War II, General Waverly. I think we have a clip uh, from the very beginning of the movie. They are in battle in Europe somewhere. It is Christmas time, and um, the general is just being the general. Let's play the clip. This division is now under the command of General Harold G. Carlton. I don't want you to forget it. Not that he'll let you. He's tough, just what this sloppy outfit needs. He'll have you standing inspection night and day. You may even learn how to march. And if you don't give him everything you've got, I may come back and fight for the enemy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, I guess all I can say is how much I... What a fine outfit. It's an unusual film, Chris, isn't it? Because it's a fun movie. It's a warm movie. It's a joyous, love-filled movie. But it opens in wartime. This little, you know, Christmas cabaret in the midst of, you know, one of the darkest periods of Western civilization and also, the plot line is really about man's love for his fellow man. The song that is played at the beginning, the song that is the surprise song at the end, and we'll talk about the plot in the beginning, is what? We love the old man, General Waverly. They actually use, you know, guys in uniform during the war, then... You know, 11 years later in this Vermont Inn, back in uniform, and they sing a song about the L word, love for a man, a man who is really, I, I don't want to, you're the guy who brings all the meta analysis. But for me, this film isn't about the girls, the two girls and two boys. This is about the love for a father figure, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I, I think with some films, the reason why the meta-analysis is a little bit interesting is because it's subtle. It's kind of hidden within the film. They're not hiding it here. This no. is a film in which that's sort of the point, right? They they want everybody to... And, and I believe that this is really smart. I think sometimes we watch films like this that are on TV every single year. You know, us growing up, we've seen the film a million times. And I felt that way look, watching this again and really paying attention because, you know, I had to kind of study it for this uh, review. And so I'm watching it very carefully. 
And I don't think when you're just turning on the TV and just catching it uh, every year that you really pay attention to how good the quality of this production is. The acting, the scripting, the, the songs are obviously amazing. Everything is really perfect. It's really a very high quality production. And, and one of the aspects to that is just the intelligence of looking at the society at the time and saying, what are people nostalgic for? What do people uh, love? What's a, a moment or, or an aspect of our culture that we can look at and we can uh, shine a, a spotlight on? And I think people were actually a little bit nostalgic for the wartime. And it wasn't necessarily because they wanted to be, you know, in this violent war. Obviously not. But there is something about the brotherhood that that uh, war, uh, I guess, facilitated that no longer existed anymore. You know, people look back at their generals. They look back at their fellow soldiers that they fought in war with. And, you know, they probably missed them to some degree. And, you know, probably not everybody was doing super well. And you would want to help out your fellow soldier. You would want to help out somebody that you knew from back back then. And so this film kind of was a bit of fantasy fulfillment. It gave people the opportunity to experience that idea, even though maybe they couldn't help out, maybe they weren't doing as well as they wanted. This, you know, is sort of like a wonderful life, showing how everybody can come together to to just make one man happy who may be a bit down on his luck. And and that this is repeated, you're so right, again and again and again, because the whole plot device that the story is you know, sewn around is a favor for an old army buddy, for a sergeant whose sisters need a little hand and they get a break, they're protected, they're helped. We'll talk about the whole plot line. Then, of course, they get romantically involved. There's a drastic misunderstanding, like a Shakespearean, Shakespearean comedy of errors. But the phrase that comes back and back and back is, a buddy in the army. You're always helping a buddy in the army. So it's the nostalgia of that brotherhood. Yes, it was the worst of times. It was World War II, but it was the best of times as well, to quote Dickens. How many classic literary references can we get into one movie analysis? We're going to pack it full. We are making movies great again with White Christmas, with our buddy, our co-host, uh, Chris Coles. Please follow him on his incredible YouTube channels, the Mr. Reagan channel and the Alpha Critic channel. And don't forget to follow him on Twitter, at Mr. Reagan USA. And if you love making movies great again with us, don't forget to follow us on the podcast platform of your choice. Just plug in my name, Sebastian Gorker, America First. Leave us a five-star review. Never, ever miss any of our episodes. And as well, if you wish to have prosperity and safety again back in America, support my former boss. Show the world that you believe in America and you want to make America great again. We have a special bundle, the yard sign, the Mark Trump 2024 and the I stand with 45 flag, all available at sebgorkastore.com with so much more all made in America. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorkastore.com. And please support the president directly at donaldjtrump.com that's donaldjtrump.com threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing china russia india brazil and saudi arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies not the u.s dollar rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures the biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? 
the end of financial privacy, big government able to see your every purchase. Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency, gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653, MidasGoldGroup.com. Lord help the Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Who comes between me and my sister? And Lord help the sister. Who comes between me and my man? How about those big brown eyes? Oh, they're blue. Brown. Ah, blue. Oh, yeah. Deep blue. So Danny Kaye has shamed Bing Crosby into making his single solo act into a double act after the war. Uh, They're very, very successful, of course they are. And then they meet these two lovely ladies who are in trouble because allegedly they burnt a hole in the carpet of their rental apartment and their landlord wants to arrest them. So the two young men, well, the two gentlemen have to step up to the plate. Let's talk about these uh, two couples, the chemistry. Uh, I'm a big fan. I mean, Bing Crosby can do no wrong for me just that voice alone when he starts singing the world stops and you listen likewise i'm a huge fan of danny k danny k's standalone movies the inspector and uh, all of the the comedies of the era absolutely fabulous but these ladies too they they bring their own charm to the table we have judy played by vera ellen the only thing that annoys me about this film is that that woman I mean, if she turns sideways, you can't see her. She's so thin. She's frightening, but quite, quite a dancer. She sadly was dubbed in the movie because she didn't have a singing voice. Unlike Betty, who is none other than Rosemary Clooney, an incredible singer who is... Eric, do you have the image I sent you? Still working on it. Okay, when you have that image, we will reveal who Rosemary Clooney is. Um, talk to us about the the chemistry, because originally this was meant to be a Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire movie, and Fred Astaire wasn't interested. So last minute, they pulled in Danny Kaye. Yeah, you know, I think people kind of forget what a big star Bing Crosby was. I mean, this guy was one of the biggest yeah. stars in the history of the world of cinema. It wasn't just that he was big at the time. He was big 
compared to just about anybody in history. I think a lot of people look back and they, they think about Sinatra as the greatest crooner of all time. They think about Bing Crosby, and because of the success of White Christmas in particular, they think of Bing Crosby as a Christmas singer. But Bing Crosby was really just the most successful, I don't know what you call it, actor, singer. Entertainer. Um, he, he was, uh, yeah, the most the big, biggest guy at the time. Yeah, and, and he had made a film called, uh, what was it called? Uh, Holiday Inn. Yes. Holiday Inn, in which this song, Correct. White Christmas, originally debuted. And, and this is kind of similar to Holiday Inn in, in many ways. Um, I think they were trying to, you know, reproduce the success of that film, but in color, right? Because Holiday Inn was a black and white right. film. I, I love the film Holiday Inn. I think it's actually an amazing classic in its own right, and I think everybody should watch that as well. But they brought this out. This was, you know, uh, full of color. I mean, the, the the costumes at the very end were absolutely brilliant. I mean, the way this thing looks. Um, but and again, and like also I said the before, first ever film made yeah. in VistaVision, which had these huge curved wraparound uh, screens. So it was it was a new technology at the time. The, the IMAX yeah, so of the 50s. Yeah, it would have been a real spectacle. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. A real spectacle. And, you know... Uh, Look, I, again, I think people just kind of, especially back in in the 80s when I was growing up and you saw everything on this uh, square screen <laughs> and, uh, you know, probably the, it probably was a bit out of focus. It wasn't quite right. Uh, you really don't get to appreciate the quality of this this project if you're just watching it year to year when it comes on. I think that just to sit down and actually watch it, you really get to appreciate it. I'm not a big fan of musicals. In fact, I, I would say I really dislike musicals for the most part. <laughs> But there are a few exceptions, and this is one of them. And those girls are spectacular. Yeah. I, you know, I can't, I can't criticize her for being so thin because, you know, I would say 99% of my exes kind of look like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> But what about the chemistry? What about the chemistry between Danny and Bing and the chemistry between the two ladies? Oh, it's fa- – you know, not only is the chemistry fantastic, but the dynamic is just great. Yeah. Like – uh, the, the, it's scripted so well yeah. that, I, I mean, you would really have to work hard to mess that up. The fact that they, you know, how they fall in love and how at one point, and the jokes really land, which yeah. you don't expect from from a film from that old. There's like a point when uh, the Bing and, and uh, Rosemary are together and they're kind of flirting a little bit. And the two others are sitting there and, the, and the, you know, they say something like, oh, she's, you know, she's a pretty slow mover. And Danny <laughs> Kaye turns to her and he goes, he goes, oh, she's in there with the champ right now. Yes. And I just, I just, I literally laughed out loud. I thought that was such a great line. And there's all these great lines like that, all these little moments that work really well. And although there's a little bit of artifice, right, the sets are not intended to appear now, realistic. Let, let me stop here. Theatrical. I actually, right. I actually like that because yeah, they're not too. trying. I mean, it's not, it's not sim- simulacra, right? It's not what uh, the, you know, um, Ridley Scott says is the most important thing in uh, uh, cinema, which is very similitude. This is theater, theater done mm-hmm. as cinema. Even the sets in World War Two, you know, it's a fake set, but it doesn't take you out of it, does it? No, no, no. no. And in fact, there's a little bit of magic associated with yes. that. I think I, I, I look at Broadway today, or I look at films today that are musicals, and they kind of try to use something similar. And you just there's no soul to them. There's this the, the artifice looks like it's um, it's just so stylized. It's something ugly about it. And I I can't help but to feel that the people that are producing these projects today, they are kind of nasty people. They have sort of like an ugly soul. They they yeah. don't want to bring joy to the world. They want to just be these amazing artists. 
or something. They think of themselves very highly. Back then, these people were the top a tier at their craft. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were paid very highly. I think they put a lot of money in this movie. Uh, but you can see that they really cared about their audience and they cared to show this sort of positivity. And I think it reflects the era and how there was this appreciation of God and faith and goodness and, and duty country. to your country and, and duty country. to your fellow yeah. man. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And it really shines through with this project. And so you you actually love that artifice. It comes across as magical as opposed to phony. That's what I think. Totally, totally. Well, we'll talk about the modern interpretations of this movie, which are going to shock you. But in the meantime, we are still in the Christmas spirit. It is a white Christmas, and it is the last day for you to support our Angel Tree Christmas campaign. This is for the more than one and a half million girls and boys across across America, who have an incarcerated parent this Christmas. The Prison Fellowship continues in the year with summer camps and sports clubs for these girls and boys. If you didn't donate, please donate. It's still tax-deductible, and you will be supporting very vulnerable girls and boys across America. God bless all of you who helped us reach and exceed our targets, but if you want to do something even more in the coming year, please call right now, 888-206-2794, or just go to my website, sebgorka.com in the angel tree banner that's triple eight two oh six two seven nine four or go to s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a sebgorka.com in the angel tree banner make sure you never miss any of our cultural and political coverage updates and breaking news by following us on social media you can follow chris at mr reagan usa and i am seb gorka or sebastian gorka on all the usual platforms including true social twitter facebook instagram parlor getter telegram you can watch us and making movies great again it should be you know a, a visual treat on your Roku, your Fire Stick, and now your Samsung device, as well as the Salem News uh, Channel app. And don't forget my Substack with new articles by me and direct access to me at sebastiangorka.substack.com. That's my whole name. There's one word, sebastiangorka.substack.com. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend, Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just stomp out the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Made from the world's best cotton called Giza, these sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets with prices starting as low as $29.98 in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and click on on the radio square and use promo code G-O-R-K-A at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and the MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-829-8468 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code Gorka. That's 800-829-8468 or MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. The best thing happen while you're dancing. Things that you would not do at home come naturally on the floor. For dancing soon becomes romancing. When you hold a girl in your arms that you've never held before. Uh, that scene at the beginning of the movie when Danny Kaye is clearly, uh, you know, falling in love with one of the girls, 
the whole set is artifice. I mean, it looks like yeah. it was, you know, made for a, a theater, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't take you out of it at all. Uh, Chris, are you a fan of Danny Kaye's? I've got to ask. Yeah, he's he's in uh, uh, Singing in the Rain, correct? Uh, no, no, no. That was uh, Gene Kelly. He was in the Inspector General, Gene Kelly, Hans but... Christian okay. Anderson, White Christmas, The Court Jester. My favorite as a kid was him playing Hans Christian Anderson. Uh, what do you think of Danny in, in White Christmas? I'll be honest. I don't think I've seen any of his other pictures. What? It's been such a long time. Yeah, I don't think so. So I can't really comment on that. I thought he was the friend in uh singing in the rain but it's been like no, no, 20 years friend, since I've seen singing the, the friend rain. singing in the rain i know who you mean was meant mm. was offered the part of danny k after fred astaire said no he couldn't <laughs> do it and danny k okay. stepped in at the last moment he, they they, they so have I'm very not... similar faces dude that they is... have very similar okay, they do all right, all right. they do they do they do they <laughs> okay, do okay so i'm not completely crazy i'm not completely no, crazy, not completely crazy. But, uh... Carry on. No, he's he's fantastic. There is such a good chemistry between him and Bing. Yeah. That back and forth is just really good, you know, because Bing actually isn't the most – he's not the most sort of like physical comedy guy. No. Uh, maybe he would have been a little bit more when he was younger, able to do some of that stuff. But he's kind of the straight man in this, and you need somebody who's a little bit uh, – Danny Kaye comes across as a lot younger and with a lot more energy. Uh, I think Bing's getting uh, up in the years here in this uh, film. He does seem that he's relatively young, young enough to get, you know, to get a girl and to have a little bit of romance and you buy it. Uh, But certainly there is that dynamic and Danny Kaye has got much more energy. He's much less responsible. He's a sort of younger brother type character. And, uh, yeah, it really works really well. Even though they're not actually supposed to be brothers in the film, they seem kind of like brothers, you know. All right, I, I'm going. I'm so going to back you up here. The guy you're talking about that you thought it was from Singing in the Rain is yeah. Donald O'Connor, and he actually looks like Danny Kaye's younger brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he totally right. looks like Danny Kaye's younger brother. But Danny Kaye was uh, much, much more famous and successful uh, s- actor. And singer and dancer, which he proves in this case. And I want to bring up, I sent a photograph to Eric of um, an individual you will recognize from our last movie that is a weird kind of confluence that I kind of forgot until I watched it again. Who are they doing a favor for? They're doing a favor. Oh, the little rascals. Yeah, for for uh, Sergeant Benny Haynes, who they show a photograph of in the movie, who's actually Carl Schwitzer, yeah. the famous alfalfa from our gang, who was the guy back in It's a Wonderful Life, who was jealous of Jimmy Stewart and opened the swimming pool during the prom that everybody fell into. So this alfalfa guy, he yeah. gets around. He is everywhere. everywhere. All right, so the girls are in trouble. they got to get out of town daddy k gives them their tickets to vermont and they follow them to where to their general waverley's inn in vermont and they are down on their luck it's been a very hard season because there's no snow that's why the movie is called of course white christmas and so the plot thickens as the two men decide to stay there help out their general with a secret plot to do what Get the old crew back together. Get all their buddies from the war to Vermont and bring the show, their show, the Wallace and Davis show, to this inn in Vermont to make money for their general. However, 
<clears throat> a certain phone call is misheard, and as a result, there is a fashe, there is tension, there is a misunderstanding between uh, Rosemary Clooney playing Betty, uh, of course. Who is Rosemary Clooney? You may recognize that last name, the mother of the one and only George Clooney. You can see the resemblance there. So uh, the acting vibe was in the family. I don't know if George can sing, but maybe he can. And as such... Not being Crosby's son, as far as we're... Not being Crosby's son, as far as we are, we are aware. Uh, but uh, Rosemary Clooney, a big name in her time, and uh, her son is George Clooney. And then we're going to continue with the plot in a second. We are making movies great again with our good buddy Chris Coles, coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. If you know somebody who suffers with daily pain, who's tried everything else to find relief but failed to do so, how about this post-Christmas gift to them? Why not buy them? The three-week quick starter pack, it costs just $19.95. It'll be at their door in three days or less. If they take it morning and evening like I do, I promise you, it's my guarantee, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of that three-week trial period, they will know if it works for them to relieve them of their daily pain like it works for me and over a million of your fellow Americans. You know, it's tough to see somebody live like that. I had a lower back pain issue that plagued me for nine years for almost a decade. My mother had pain every single day for more than 25 years. It affects everything. The way you relate to loved ones, your plans for the future, even the things you like to do that were now physically challenging. You could be the answer to a person like that, or you could find liberation yourself. Call today. Don't wait another moment. 1-800-4-RELIEF. That's 1-800-473-5433. Or just go to relieffactor.com. That's 1-800-473-5433. Or just go to relieffactor.com. Greetings. I'm Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and I'm excited to share with you a groundbreaking opportunity in the artificial intelligence industry that stands resilient amidst the Sam Altman upheavals. Enter Versus AI and its pioneering genius platform. The AI sector has been largely dominated by large language models like those at OpenAI. Versus AI is charting a new course. The Genius Platform isn't just riding the AI wave, it's reshaping it, drawing inspiration from the intricate biological processes of nature. Don't miss this potential breakout company. Be part of the AI revolution. Versus AI, with its commitment to innovative solutions, is poised to remain a leader in the dynamic world of artificial intelligence. As AI becomes increasingly central to our future, the potential of Genius's platform to enhance your investment portfolio is immense. We invite you to be part of this exciting journey. Discover the power of Genius at emcversus.com. Versus is publicly traded with the symbol VRSSF. That's VRSSF. The following is a paid advertisement sponsored by Versus AI. Salem is not an investment advisor, and this is not a solicitation or recommendation by Salem to buy or sell any securities. Salem and Dr. Gorka are being paid $85,000 to carry this ad on its radio and podcast network. Salem does not endorse any investment product, and you should check with your personal financial advisor before investing. When I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep. I fall asleep. Counting my blessings. 
And my bankroll is getting small I think of when I had none at all And I fall asleep Counting my blessings Not a classic beauty, not a pin-up, but... There's a warmth, there's a, a wholesomeness to Clooney's character. And, and I think the way she sells it, the, these things, yes, it's a two-hour movie, but it's all very believable. Even the fact that Danny Kaye is going to fake getting engaged to his sister to try and, you know, nudge her along into a relationship with Bing Crosby. But then the phone call is misheard. She thinks that Bing is just setting up the general to exploit his sob story instead of what he's actually doing, which is helping him save his inn. And then we have the end and the preparations for this amazing, amazing concert. My, my only issue, I have two issues with the movie. Let's get these out of the way. Number one. That's a stinking large barn in Vermont. That that looks like the biggest stage in New York's, you know, you know, uh, theater district. So it's a little bit. If that's supposed to be a ski barn in Vermont, then um, I've got a bridge to sell you in Connecticut. And then there are two songs. I know a lot of songs were being reused from you know other purposes that you know, had been written and hadn't been used yet. There are two songs that make this movie a little long. The one the one where everybody's in a French beret. Or something, and then there's the Abraham dancing scene. Just get, remove them. Extraneous to the plot. We, we ten songs is in this one. This is, yeah, what is yeah, this? this what is this song and dance doing in a musical about Christmas? I, I think you know. I think it was supposed to be like a joke, a little bit. You know, I, yeah, I get this it. Was sort of. The- but it, it, it doesn't drive. Look, the, the story. You're, you're a writer. You're an actor. Everything must drive the story, right? Not sometimes you can have a little bit of an aside, a little bit of a joke, a little bit of something. Uh, this goes on a little bit too long, and it's yeah, it is totally superfluous. It's possible that at the time this was very, very funny. That's the only thing that I can think of. You know because what I mean? because like, you know what this is doing. Imagine- you know what this is lampooning. It's lampooning the person you mentioned, Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly's movies were full of this stuff. I mean, very avant-garde dance. And I think they're making fun of Gene Kelly. Well, that's that's the thing. Some of this stuff is very cultural. I actually spent a year. This is kind of a weird thing. I actually spent a year listening to radio shows uh, from the 40s. Uh, just, I would just listen to radio shows while I was writing. I was writing movies and stuff, screenplays. Radio shows or radio, shows. radio dramas? Like radio dramas from the 40s? <clears throat> there, is a, there is a full day's broadcast that you can find online. I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's amazing. And it, there's all kinds of shows. So there's game shows and there's music and there's, uh, there's radio dramas. There's all kinds of stuff. But I was trying to sort of get into the head of the people of the era, mm-hmm. right? This was a recording in Washington, D.C. You had people calling in, talking about uh, they're trying to sell their rowboat and, like, weird stuff like that. It's just ordinary people and as well as showbiz people. And I was trying to get into the head of people at the time. And when you do that, if you were able to do that to any degree, you start to get jokes that you wouldn't ordinarily get from films like this. But even so, this is not something I understand. Uh, but it is. But there is a cultural divide, very strong cultural divide between people today and people back then. And you used a great word before. You said that uh, 
uh, Rosemary Clooney's character seemed very wholesome. And I think this whole film just yeah. seemed very yeah. wholesome. Yeah. And this was, a, this was an era in which, like I said, I think the culture often drove the entertainment. Maybe you had some seedy people in Hollywood like you do today, but there was a limit to what these people were able to do to put onto the big screen there in films because there was a limit to what the American people would accept because they were wholesome, church-going, yeah. uh, God-fearing, uh, you know, duty-bound people, which is kind of what we're trying to make America again. When we say make America great again, uh, you know, the left will come in and they'll say, oh, you mean you want to make it racist again? Well, no, we want to make it wholesome again. That's what we're trying to do. And this film sort of in many ways epitomizes that. And that's one of the great things about this and why people should come back and watch this again. Yeah, and, and it's not just, you know, people who are decent or less perverse than, than Hollywood is today. These movies, all the greats, were made by immigrants. This is Michael Curtiz, mm. who's actually Kertis Mihai from Hungary, right? The man who gave us Casablanca. These guys loved America and understood what America gave them. So, uh, you know, a very different set of, of what, what we call today content providers. Nevertheless, we might find it wholesome, but we mustn't ignore, well, we will, the um, idiot liberals uh, of today. So here is feminist film theorist. After everything we've just said for the last half an hour about this movie, I've got to read you two, two quotes. Linda Mijachuski has written the following. White Christmas invoked nostalgia for minstrel shows and homoerotic body films, obviously. <laughs> And Monica Hess, who is uh, from the Washington Post, their official first ever gender columnist, writing 64 years after the movie came out, said the following about White Christmas. It is, has an enduring popularity, Chris, due to its unabashed depictions of contemporary racism and sexism. <laughs> you know, I'm shocked that they don't just call it racist because it's the title is White Christmas. I'm surprised they don't. I'm surprised they don't call it Colonizer Christmas. Oh yeah, sure, of course they love it. It's Colonizer Christmas. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, leftists are gonna left, aren't they? They're just they they gotta ruin everything. I had a professor once who went through. He was uh, it was like a black black people in cinema class. I don't know why they had this when I was in school, but I whatever. I took it for one of my things. And this guy absolutely hated me because I had the audacity to challenge his interpretations of films. This is an older what? gay black man. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous, right? How dare I have another opinion? It's an older gay black man, and he literally took every single film in which there were two men that were friends, and he said that it was homoerotic every single time. And I would try to present to him the case that, well, maybe they're just, maybe it's just this sort of brotherhood, like, you know, that is common among men generally today and throughout history and at one point he was so frustrated with me and the rest of the class started challenging him as well which was fantastic nice. and at one point a girl challenged him on something he threw a piece of chalk at her and hit her in the face <laughs> he got so frustrated he threw chalk at somebody in the class this was in this is in college he had tenure so he couldn't be fired I was amazing. It was amazing. I basically and what happened? Uh, Did he just get away with assaulting that woman with his, with his rank misogyny and his uh, his homo misogynist tendencies? At, at one point, somebody told me I was a little late for class, and the day before I had gone to a an opera, 
Uh, and I was with a girl, of course. And uh, I was told after class that before I had gotten there, he spent the entire time before I got to class complaining that one, I had gone to the opera, which I shouldn't be allowed to do because I don't have the sort of cultural sophistication. <laughs> and two, the girl I was with was far too beautiful for me because he he hated me so much he didn't think I, I should be able to uh, be able to date a woman that beautiful. Wow. It was hilarious. The guy had become obsessed. You know, the, le the left becomes obsessed with us because we tell the truth, I think. I think no, that's and, and to go back to your latest video, which everybody has to watch about why liberals promote sickness and mental, uh, you know, uh, instability, success. They hate success. They hate success. They hate success. We, they we, hate excellence. They hate quality. How, how dare you go to the opera with a beautiful woman? How, you must not be allowed to do so, Chris Coles, because I'm a sad, frustrated, bile-filled irrelevance uh, in my tenured position. All right, we're breaking down all the cultural analysis possible with one great movie. It's a white Christmas. We're making movies great again with our buddy Chris Coles. Well, I'm coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. It's real, it works. Don't listen to me. Listen to Gary from California. This is Gary's story. I cannot thank you enough. I'm 62 years old and have just started taking Relief Factor. I have never felt better and will recommend it to all my baby boomer friends. You should be Gary. Find out today there's only one way, but it's super easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. Ask yourself one very simple question. What do you have to lose? If the only answer to that question is the pain, then what are you waiting for, my friend? Write the number down, 1-800-4-RELIEF, or go to relieffactor.com. That's 1-800-473-5433, relieffactor.com. You've waited long enough. You deserve to know. Don't wait another moment. 1-800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. I'll get her out of that one of these days. My dear partner. When what's left of you gets around to what's left to be gotten, what's left to be gotten won't be worth getting whatever it is you've got left. I figure out what that means. I'll come up with a crushing reply. What's yeah. back all this anyway? Nothing, nothing. Only your happiness. My happiness? Yeah. You know, when you get an idea that's for my soul and ultimate happiness, there's always lurking behind it somewhere a little angle for you. Now, what is it? You really want to know? Yes, I really want to know. All right, I'll really tell you. Well, then lay it on me, will you? Ever since the day we became producers, you were a changed man. You've gone absolutely berserk with work. And the strange thing is, you liked it. You liked being Rogers and Hammerstein. Well, it was your idea, you know. Well, sure, it was yeah. my idea, but I didn't think I was going to create a Frankenstein. From that day on, I haven't had one minute I could call my own. What do you want me to do about it? I want you to get married. It's not quite Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, but it's getting there, and I've got a soft spot for Danny Kay. The writing in this movie, you're right, Chris, is superb, and you don't get lines like this in musicals or any films today. Here's a, a little political commentary from our friends in A White Christmas. Play cut. Music is, I don't know. It should be something unusual, some kind of a novelty that... Uh, well, tell me, Frankstorm, what do you think would be a novelty up here in Vermont? Who knows? Maybe we can dig up a Democrat. It's Stoner. <laughs> Maybe we can dig up a Democrat. That would be a novelty in Vermont. Yeah, not in today's Vermont. I've been there. It's full of Fruit Loops. Yeah. Okay, a uh, little bit of trivia before we rate this and final thoughts uh, on the movie. T cost a whopping $2 million to make. <laughs> Two million. Highest grossing movie of 1954. $30 million made. Danny Kaye, get this, who came in late 
received a salary of $200,000. Just, you know, multiply that by, you know, 15 or 20 to get it to today's cost. Plus 10% of the gross, 10% of the gross, and 50% of the gross was split between Irving Berlin and Bing Crosby. Uh, th- those are the deals of yesteryear, right, Chris? Yeah. Uh, these uh, these became very very rich men. Uh, can I can I just say quickly, like yeah. listening to those lines, I think people may think that it sounds a little bit like you know more like the the theater, right? Yes. It's sort of like the banter that you would get in a stage play, and I think that's true. But what's really interesting is like I, I've seen a lot of stage plays growing up. You know, I was you know obviously I did Hollywood stuff and whatnot. And you do get that kind of dialogue today in, in screenplays and or you know stage plays and whatnot. But the weird thing about this movie and, and films of this time that had this stage play element is that the actors played it off so well. It's like there is this bizarre middle ground yeah. between the stylized nature of the dialogue and the acting and the natural relationship that they had. It seems a little stylized, but it also seems natural. And I don't really know how they get that balance so well in this film, but they get it perfect. And there's some other films of the era like that, but this is just, it's just brilliant how they do it in this movie. And and it's doubly brilliant, Chris, because as you know, stage acting and movie acting is diametrically opposed. In in stage acting, you have got to be big. You've got to be projecting to the back of the audience. You know, in movies, you've got a camera with a close-up of your face, and you've got to be subtle. Here, they're kind of walking the line between the two because it's theatrical, but it's, it's not caricatured. It's not melodrama. It's chemistry that works despite being on celluloid. So, you know, we, we salute the great... I mean, this is why we do Making Movies Great Again, because to, to salute great, great performances in movies like this one. All right, um, final thoughts uh, or, or just straight to the ratings. We've got to rate it out of... What should we rate it out of? We'll rate it out of uh, Vermont Pines. Vermont Pine Trees, I think. Vermont um, Pines, I love it. Any, any final thoughts before we grade? My final thought is simply that I do think that people should watch this film again. I sit down and watch it. They have a moment. Sit down and actually watch it and appreciate it, not just flip it on because it happens to be on the TV playing in the background. It really is a great film, and it's a really touching story. And I wish they told stories like this more today. Uh, The story of the love of their general who's who's having a bit of a hard time and they want to help him out. It's it, and it's a love story as well. And there's that, of course, that frustrating moment where there's uh, miscommunication and the girl runs off, but then she realizes her mistake and she comes back. The sort of thing that was established with uh, it happened one night with Capra and all that. Uh, but it really is a great, uh, heartwarming film, and I think everybody should uh, should should watch it again. Uh, if I'm going to rate it, a modern audience watching this, not everybody's going to love it. Not everybody's going to love this film. Uh, but I loved it, and you know I loved watching it again. And I mean, just look at it. Look how beautiful these women look. Uh, it's it's such a charming movie. Uh, it's got to be at least uh, for a modern audience going back and watching it. Got to be at least an eight out of ten Vermont Pines. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, for the panoply of great movies, I'm going to give it an an eight and a half. An eight and a half out of Vermont Pines out of ten. I think it deserves it. And as you as you say. You know, you need you need to give it its due and you need to watch it. Watch it once. 
you know, in one sitting, put the phone down and just enjoy this because it's just such a wonderful movie and and pure Americana as well. Okay, uh, what are we going to do next before we uh, end on, we're going to close the show with the White Christmas song that ends the movie. What have you chosen for us for the new year, Mr. Coles? You know, I had a lot of trouble with this last night. I was going through, and we've done so many great films on this show. How many? And how many? How say, many we have we done, Eric? How many films have we done? I think this is number forty. Forty. All right. Wow, that's forty films, primarily of the nineteen eighties. So it's going to yeah. be difficult to find something else great. And let me just say. The Sebastian Gorka audience is one of the best informed, most intelligent audiences in the world. I feel like we have to produce something of a, a relatively high quality every time because I do. I watch other news programs and I think, man, even the most conservative news programs don't always get it right. But Seb Gorka, anybody who watches your show, you know, your fans are the best fans. So you're starting uh, to make me okay, worried here. Gonna... You're starting to make me worried. It's like the punk callers always say, "You're so great, Gorka." Before they try and punk you, what, what are you? What's your choice, Mr. Coles? No, no, no. This is legitimate. I, this is just what my thoughts were when I was compiling the list. I have different films that are like sequels that I thought might be good. I have other kind of films that I wanted to do, maybe from other eras. But I thought, let's keep it in the 80s, early 90s, you know, go back to our core stuff, what we're typically doing on this show. We'll do what I think is one of the last films, the last great films of that sort of era, something I don't know if you're going to like as much as I did when I was a kid. Jurassic Park. Oh, are you, are, are you like screaming, Eric? Are you like screaming for joy? Are you jumping up and down? Uh <laughs> Eric, are you excited? I, I, I was I was starting to get that sense when he said one of the last great movies of the late eighties, early nineties. I knew he had to be talking about that one. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> investigate whether there was some collusion here, whether there was a dodgy dossier <laughs> and whether monies were sent to Coles in Hawaii by my associate producer here. But no, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, look, J- Jeff Goldblum. And, and Sam, Sam O'Neill. I love Sam O'Neill, one of the most o- underrated actors in history. And Jeff Goldblum is always fun. So nice choice, Chris Coles. Next time. Thank you, sir. It's Jurassic Park. Have a blessed Christmas, all of you. Have a happy new year. And let's close out with the song of the film. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.